0: Whatever you say works. I feel pretty warm. Uh. Ah, that is the. It's (laughs) it's the perfect noise because it's like it. Of all the things you can communicate, of all the (laughs) moods and sentiments. It's exactly in the middle of the Venn diagram. All, it's it's, not it's between enthusiastic and not enthusiastic. It's committed. It's not committed. It's, it just, it's scared. Yeah. It's sad. It's everything and nothing. It is the loudest neutral sound you can make. Wow. That's, uh, that's an incredible tactic. That is the only way you can communicate without saying anything.
1: As we enter into the third week of August, the third of these August days, the temperature reaches its apex. There is not anything but flame left, for the virus of humanity has been burned away. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name
0: is Henry. And my name is constantly afraid of wildfires in a not- a wildfire state, John. And together with are Henry and all constantly
1: afraid of wildfires and not a wildfire state, John. Coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make sure there's more room for
0: Jesus. We have to make sure there's more room for Jesus. Henry, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. And, uh, um, uh, oh. Normally when people use that
1: phrase in like a knowing way, the other person knows what you're talking about. But in this case, I think we've got an invisible elephant on our hands.
0: I think we need to discuss the invisible pink elephant in the room, which is, of course, the fact that on this very last podcast, we said that the uh, unrelenting heat in texas was making the grass and i quote fire yum yum and that very night the state of texas started to burn down oh this is crazy i i I've, i i'm fully living in a reality where i thought
1: we already talked about this
0: <laughs> i am pretty sure we didn't
1: okay that's fascinating no i i am fully like i believe we have already. yeah so yeah my my city caught on fire Last week, like the day, the night that we were recording the podcast.
0: Uh, Literally after you said that it was a fire yum yum, there was a fire in your area, a fire in my area, a fire in many different areas. An apartment building was partially destroyed.
1: Yeah, that was up by my neck of the woods. Um, Not to get into specifics, but under 10 miles away from my house was, was that fire... But more importantly, John, I think we should we have to mention that uh, as well as these these little fires that have caused some damage, but are, are somewhat easily contained in the wake of that, there is the Hawaiian fire that has killed and displaced hundreds of people. Do not go to Hawaii right now. Don't be a bad tourist. Don't be a bad neighbor. Stay home. And just donate the money you would spend instead.
0: Yeah. Do not go to Maui. There are TikToks out there of people swimming in oceans that had, in, in bodies of water that had dead bodies in them like less than three days ago. Yeah. And right now, I think the estimated reconstruction effort is going to cost over $5.5 billion. And if the uh, citizens, in maui are unlucky uh that is going to allow private equity and real estate developers to come in and further oh, commodify no. their culture so it's- if you were going to spend money on hawaii spend it give it to them yeah i uh, that's that's horrible um hawaii's
1: already in a terrible spot anyway just because they were you know an a, a native populace that was sort of taken over by the um, United States and robbed of its culture
0: and and history and heritage. I mean, over 80%, uh, I think, I hope this isn't terribly inaccurate, but I think over 80% of the money that comes into Hawaii is exclusively from tourism. Uh, So we have totally commodified their culture. Uh, I, <laughs> and it, it echoes through our society. I like tiki drinks. Tiki drinks kind of suck because we we created this, this idea of island life that drove a bunch of people to places like Hawaii to further commodify their culture.
1: Yeah, so next time you're munching on a pineapple raw, just remember, people died for that pineapple. But I do want to circle back real quick. I, I just can't imagine how dystopian it is to survive like the worst natural disaster of your islands history and like have people literally like running to the ocean to try to like get away from the fire and and unfortunately passing away in that water. And then like the next day there are tourists there swimming in that same water that, that, that is more dystopian than a thousand young adult novels starring capable young women. Like that is, that that uh, that's unimaginable to me as as a person who's will probably never experience that
0: just just imagine someone trying to take a selfie by the water in Maui where that occurred and thinking well there's a lot of smoke haze but i can i can edit that out <laughs> for the post right right
1: um that the <laughs> Did this to bring us back to the uh, the Cedar Park fire, um, be, I, I was <laughs> I, I sent this to somebody, I kind of find this, but I, I found out about it on, on x.com, uh huh. Uh, and uh, I was just casually perusing the uh, because Cedar Park was trending, and I was like, that can't be good, um, <laughs> so i i had to uh i was just scrolling through it dang it i can't find it but somebody tweeted at elon musk that said we went to go look at the fire and saw lights in the sky at elon musk was that starlink and i just hmm. got it i got infuriated <laughs> by the I, entire I exchange you. it was like wait you went to go look at the fire <laughs> people are losing their homes <laughs> i then went you- to go gop at a fire Right, and then you then you you message Elon Musk to ask if
0: he's they you saw Starlight? What what is happening right now? There is uh we don't need to get into this too much because I think that everyone is pretty aware of this phenomenon that's happening, but this whole like Elon Musk th- thing <laughs> Uh, And the like cadre of people in his circle. So like there's a podcaster that I still follow on Instagram because he used to post really interesting podcasts with some of the fathers of computer science and like really interesting ed- ethicists and technologists and futurists. Uh, And he kind of got scooped up into the Joe Rogan, Elon Musk fold. Mm. And he recently posted this like birthday post of him like sitting on a bed next to Elon Musk, which sounds more lascivious than it uh, was. They're child brained people. So they're eating like cupcakes and basketball shorts. Uh, But like him and Joe Rogan, where they're like eating dinner or whatever. And all the comments are just either... Other celebrities, other relatively minor celebrities who are dick riding, or people who desperately want to be considered cool by these people, saying the most pat, insane shit like "You guys make living so cool." Oh my <laughs> it's, god, it's it's just desperation. Yeah, no, it, it, like- and I think Elon Musk did something very smart, and that he seems to be someone who's very. Um, not open, but he's very reachable with kind of whatever random stupid ideas you have. so people feel like they can touch greatness. yeah, it, it, it's weirdly
1: parasocial in a way where like he's not an influencer. he's he's not even putting out content. Just him being accessible on Twitter has cultivated this this following of and I don't like this language, but it's the only it's the only language that applies pick me's
0: yes very elon musk has a real pick me ass fan base Mm-hmm.
1: no i i there are a thousand memes out there a thousand responses and jokes a thousand reply reply guys guys who only reply to reply guys um, and reply guys are people who just reply on everything, thinking that they have a better joke or whatever, a better take.
0: And of course, Elon Musk is a very prolific oh, reply guy.
1: He is like, yeah, he's got it down to an art because he just sends out one word. He's just like, yeah, or like thinking about this. And it's like he, he reply guys in the same way, like your elderly mom might use Facebook. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he is, he is definitely like a boomer reply guy, 100%.
1: Yeah, but there's some really great memes. That it's just like I, I, I'm you know, entering a bull riding contest and I look over at my opponent and it's an Elon Musk fanboy. And it's like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to win this. Yeah, it
0: is uh, It is not.
1: Yeah, I, I, I found the tweet that I sent to a, a coworker. I have it verbatim. I was really close on the verbiage, but I really feel like I should I read this verbatim? Please At Elon Musk (laughs) We have a 200 acre fire In Cedar Park, Texas right now We went to look at it On the way home we saw a line of stationary lights In the sky visible near the H-E-B Center By any chance was this Starlink Cool (laughs) We're gonna go look at a fire And then tweet Elon Musk If we saw his fucking billion dollar Internet Webb's, wait, satellite.
0: Isn't, yeah, why would you see a satellite's lights? Uh, and, I don't know. And, um, that's, that's silly, but also, I, I can't help but dissect what this person was trying to get. They're like, okay, we really need to get his attention. Because we need him to reply with some dumb meme and make me feel special. So we need to say there's a 200-acre fire, obviously. that's, what,
1: that's Right, what we're going to lead with a sob story. Make it sound like we're involved somehow. We have a fire up
0: here in Cedar Park. <laughs> we have a fire, by the way, that we went to go look at. <laughs> we went to go look at the fire. And uh by the way, was that um, your beautiful Starlink princess up there?
1: Yeah, was it over by the HEB center, a landmark you have no
0: idea where it is. <laughs> yeah, was it did <laughs> Hey, Elon Musk, did your satellite happen to be near the HEB center? Ridiculous. So stupid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bad tweet. bad tweet. Um, What else? Oh, no. I don't know. I don't want to talk about Elon Musk anymore. I'm tired of talking about the bad man. I feel like all we
0: do is, is talk about Elon Musk. So we should talk about something else, like these delicious beverages we're drinking.
1: Oh, you actually want to do like a what are you drinking
0: type thing? I love the what are you drinking type we thing. Skipped we skipped over it yeah. for months. <laughs> I feel like we just have so much pressing stuff, but it comes back every once in a while and I like it.
1: Well, I, I'm actually in a pretty good mood today, and I'm drinking a very, very local beer, so I'm down for this. I am down to support local co- uh, business. Uh, please, by all buy means, support a local business. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Whitestone Brewery, brewed right here in Cedar Park, Texas, Long Gone Blonde. Hmm. Yes, uh, it was brewed and packaged by Whitestone Brewery. Their address is right there. I'm not going to read it out too close to my house i mean i guess people can just
0: they'll just google Google it it.
1: (laughs) yeah but it's an american blonde ale made with fresh vanilla bean and orange peel it is very light on the tongue very refreshing not light like a like a like a it's not like a pale ale it's a little kick below that um but it's very darn
0: good it sounds a lot like a blue moon except i think a blue moon is more of a vit beer so it's like a blonde with orange peel
1: yeah, yeah. It's like a blonde of orange peel and just a little splash of vanilla bean in there to lighten up everything. It's delightful. I've already drank like half the can. <laughs> uh,
0: that sounds delicious. I have a little bit of a story for you.
1: Ooh. All right. Let me uh, get my warm milk, my cookies, my blankie.
0: It's time to be tucked in by Papa John. <laughs> I'm Ira Glass. on Today on This American Life a beer and people who drank it Um, now Henry are you familiar with a little uh, person named Tim Heidecker
1: I am yes he is the uh, performance comedian who often takes on very ironic takes of like right wing pundits also he's an absurdist and a satirist, and he's great
0: yeah probably one of the greatest living comedy artists I think Tim Heidecker is great uh now you might remember that Tim Heidecker played a little character called Spaghetti. Is this on um Tim and Eric Awesome Show? sugar? Yes. Okay. His whole thing was like his face and shirt were covered in spaghetti and he would say spaghetti. Uh, however, a couple of years ago, when I say spaghetti, do, do you perhaps think of maybe the runaway drink of the summer?
1: Uh, no, I have, n- I, I don't know what we're referring to.
0: So uh, I think two years ago or a year and a half ago, an article was posted on Bon Appetit magazine talking about the, um, can't remember the name of the brewing company, which makes me feel bad, but they had a drink on their menu called a spaghetti, hmm. And the spaghetti was a Miller High Life with Aperol in it. And this was like two years ago, people found that article and it, it certified drink of the summer 2023, in my opinion, is the spaghetti. I started ordering spaghetti at the beginning of the summer. Now every bartender knows what they are. Spaghetti are all over the place. Now you might I- think, John, mm-hmm. <laughs> silly John, why are you drinking Miller High Life? That's not a good beer. That's an American macro beer, admittedly on the political quadrat, probably more progressive left than a Budweiser or a Coors. But Henry, I have bad news. What's My, the summer, oh, my sorry. summer of spaghettes I have to talk uninterrupted for three and a half minutes. I'm sorry. Well, you just, you left a pause. My summer of spaghettes has left me with an unquenchable thirst. For Miller High Life. That's right. I am drinking a, a Miller High Life, as we speak, delicious, weedy, uh, kind of clean-tasting American macro brew. Sans the Aperol and lemon juice? Yeah, no Aperol and lemon juice in this case. Uh, I, I should buy some Aperol to make some home spaghetts. But uh, I don't this was know.
1: a long walk for you to just be drinking Miller High Life. I think you're, you, you're wanting this to be fancier than it is. But people need to know that I like
0: spaghettis and that I'm part of the zeitgeist and that I'm cool.
1: But you're not drinking a no spaghetti, and that was two years ago, and the zeitgeist has moved on to this summer just drink of the summer bleach.
0: <laughs> the the no it's not oh i'm that's sorry next summer oh okay my bad. i'm ahead of the curb no the spaghettes were this year the article was written two years ago but people are slow on the fucking uptake oh it's this
1: i'm sorry i'm slow on the uptake because i found an article that said it was the drink of 2019
0: yeah that's wrong <laughs> why it's would that 23 okay So that's Just the people year are liars that's the current year that's right those people are liars. 2023, Drink of the Summer. I I've seen the spaghetti. Evolution. I the spaghetti digi digi what do you call it when a Digimon evolves? The they the digivolve. The the spaghetti digivolution in that so I went just I went into how... my favorite bar in Austin, which is of course drinks. And I said, give me a spaghetti. I said, get the fuck out. I don't know They're what there. that is. I yeah. don't, don't want to know what that is. Good. I came back later. I said, "Give me a spaghetti." They're like, "Okay, we kicked you out. You came back. What's a spaghetti?" I told them they made it delicious. Oh okay. yeah, kept coming back. They knew mm-hmm. how to make them. People I don't like it when I have to teach. I don't. I
1: don't like how I don't like teaching bartenders t- how to do a drink.
0: Oh, I went to um a bar in luxurious downtown Flugerville. And I had to tell someone how to make a Dark and Stormy.
1: Oh, shit. Never mind. Yeah, I would, for a, in a heartbeat, tell someone how to make a Dark and Stormy.
0: Well, I feel like it's crazy to have to tell someone how to make a Dark and Stormy. I had to tell them also how to make a Ranch Water. And I feel like these are That's two insane. extremely popular cocktails, especially the Ranch Water.
1: Now I have a good friend whose like go-to drink is a Dark and Stormy, and every time he's out and, like, Having a drink. He, he, this this is this is the order of operations. He starts out. Do you guys stock ginger beer in your bar? And once they say yes, he's like, "Do you know how to make a dark and stormy?" Yeah. And then he's like, "Well, take the ginger beer, add rum and some lime juice, and you're done." <laughs> and he says, "And it must
0: be Gosling's black rum, or
1: I shall throw a tizzy." No, he doesn't care about the rum. He just he just like he just. He wants the ginger beer there.
0: Yeah, ginger beer is not uh, is not typically stocked. I think my Dark and Stormy came out with ginger ale. That's not
1: a Dark and Stormy, I'm sorry to
0: tell it's you. Not. It, it's not. It's going to have the bite. I think... That's that Stormy part. Unfortunately, <laughs> this, is, this has also been my summer of cocktails, uh, and I have kind of become a cocktail guy only in as much as upon walking into a bar, I can tell if it's a cocktail bar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's pretty easy to tell.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, the problem about where we live is
1: cocktails, at they start at like $13.
0: Yeah, the, the value prop is not very good it's, on cocktails. It's too high. That's why I stock a bar at my house instead. I have noticed that uh, living where we live, yes, the cocktails are expensive, But if you're an alcoholic or you have to go to a part of town with a bar that you like pretty frequently, if you're in there all the time, they do start giving you cocktails for free, which is very nice. It does not offset the fact that they're like $13 minimum, but it helps.
1: I mean, it sounds like you have to be like recognized and there's like a billion people in the city.
0: Yeah. Like they look at me and they say, oh, it's the Spaghetti Hag." And they They welcome me. I have to drink the water from the bar mat first. And then they'll give me whatever drink I want, but I have to like sit in the back and they kick me.
1: I mean, if you frequent anywhere enough to be recognized by the people working there, I think you go there too much.
0: Yeah. I think that is definitely true for me and my favorite bar in Austin. Drinks.
1: I mean, I had a lunch spot that I would go to with some coworkers like every Thursday and it got to the point where the people there knew us and they stopped charging us for, for like the soda we would get or whatever. And they knew our orders and stuff. And I was like, this is like, I appreciate it, but it is, it, I think it's telling me I
0: come here too often. I don't know though, because like if community is the, is the reason we're all here, maybe building, I think about this a lot. Cause I, I try to have a lot of different experiences and go a lot of different places But whenever I have had the opportunity to go somewhere enough that like I know the bartenders like at drinks, for example, there's one bartender that I know is great and has won like Austin's best bartender uh, and they're like super knowledgeable and we like have a rapport. I'm like, is this relationship worth more than me going to some other bar just to say I went somewhere else? I mean, I guess the answer is maybe I don't go to a bar that night, but that's not going to happen. See, that,
1: that's, that's what I'm bringing up. Not more so than like the sense of community. It's like, no, I'm eating at this burger place every week. That cannot be good for me.
0: Yeah, no, I think that is fair. I think that <laughs> when the more, people, I have no argument to that. Yeah, when the people at the burger place know your
1: burger order and they don't charge you for the soft drink, I feel like, like yes, it's friendly and welcoming and, and like it feels good. But at the same time, also,
0: I'm eating too many burgers. <laughs> I uh, I remember after COVID let up a little bit, uh, I started to. I don't know if you got this way. Um, I think uh, I think a couple friends of yours might have. Uh, your friends being the entire population of the United States, but we we were one of them, and we get really into. Ordering a bunch of food to be picked up and constantly ordering out and, and never yeah. cooking in the yeah. house. Did you happen to start doing that?
1: We did it every Friday during the pandemic. We called it Friday Feast, and it did continue over post-pandemic, um, probably to a point where we did it too much. And now we're, we are just very recently reclaiming our kitchen and, and cooking more because we realized – the John, John, I don't know if you realize this. The pandemic ended.
0: The pandemic's over. Thank you, Joe Biden.
1: Um, funnily enough. Just today, I got a text from my workplace that we're starting stage one COVID protocols again. So, yeah, the pandemic's over. Ooh, throwback! I have to take my temperature every day going into work. It's
0: nice, pretty cool because the pandemic's over. Yeah, the pandemic's over. This is some different thing. This is a different thing. But it was very nice when uh, during the pa- once the pandemic kind of let up and we were more comfortable going into places to pick up food. Uh, there was a Chinese place near our old house that did truly incredible fried tofu and veggie egg rolls and like so good. And I would always order the same thing. And we got takeout from this place two or three times a week. It was really bad, but it was always like, Double tofu, General So's tofu with steamed broccoli on the side and veggie egg rolls. I'd always get the same thing. And then maybe, God, the 10th time I did that, I walked in and the person behind the counter, who was always the same person, said, Mr. Tofu. Uh, And then (laughs) for the next few months while we continued to eat there, I was Mr. Tofu. And it felt good to be Mr. Tofu. I... You know, it's the little touches that really make a place feel
1: friendly. But also, I, I I have to wonder, and this—I'm not wondering this for you. I'm wondering this for me.
0: Do I look bizarre enough to be memorable? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I almost certainly looked bizarre enough to be memorable. Yeah. Uh, My my COVID outfit was my. A uh, comfort hoodie, which is bright pink, and I had a, uh, a a a camo mask and a hat that I wore all the time. So I kind of always rolled up in there wearing the same thing. Yeah, you also have to peacock a little bit if you want to be recognized. You have you have to have one big See, statement piece.
1: That's where I I, I mean I just don't want to be noticed like hundred percent. During my day, I don't want anyone to look at me mm. or see me or perceive me as a person or a human being.
0: Yeah, perception is tough. Sometimes I don't want to be perceived, but I'm um, I'm just so like big and jacked and yoked out of my mind that people are like, oh, is that oh. the Rock? No, it's John. I thought it was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. What a humble brag. I people see me all the time they're like is that the rock and they say no it's not it's john okay even better they say you would have been so good in jumanji 2 they say to me pretty frequently
1: i'm gonna have to talk to my therapist about confident john i feel like he exists and can hurt me
0: confident john exists now you know you know what also exists now henry What's up, John? Some news!
1: Tons of news. Uh, I've got breaking news uh, over here. You've got news over there, too?
0: I also have relatively breaking news.
1: I just have a headline that I want to read, and then we don't even need to talk about it. I just really appreciate this headline. Please. Mm -hmm. Home Alone 2, Lost to New York Star Donald Trump Has Been Indicted (laughs) for a Fifth Time.
0: (laughs) Incredible. So...
1: We don't need to get into it. I we just like the to fact get it. that piece, <laughs> that Vanity... Wait, is this the actual headline from Vanity Fair? Please, please be. No, it's not. Dang it. All right, well, somebody recontextualized a, an article from
0: Vanity Fair with that headline, and I appreciate them. That's very, very good. Uh, gotta love the indictment stuff that's happening. Five. Oh, it looks like he found those votes in Georgia after all. Yeah, five indictments. Um, five indictments. Nothing you know, will happen. The system's broken, but man, it feels good. I, I just have to say, a lot of presidents. We've gone through how
1: many? Like forty-six.
0: Less than fifty. I know that.
1: Yeah, um, forty something we have got through 40 something and only only a few of them have, have gotten like one or two indictments but five new high score hey gotta say <laughs> he he's the goat enter, enter the your goat initials. getting
0: indicted
1: enter your initials d j t or whatever the fuck that's right he is the goat of several
0: indictments the goat see yeah all right let's move on to real news Let's move on to real news. And the real news is, drumroll, bingo related.
1: Uh Uh-oh, we gotta go back to the bingo cards. I haven't dug mine up in quite some time. You're telling me you've got another
0: bingo square on your bingo card. Well, I just want to let you know, yes, I do have a confirmed square in student relief plan dies. I hate it. It's very sad. I'm not a fan of the fact that uh, that I have that square. A lot of people are not dying at the clip that I thought they would, but I would like to give you an update on one of my more ambitious squares. All right, yeah. Uh, now, I know that we spent the better part of an episode and a half talking about something that I care about a lot, and you care about a little, which is one Sam Bankman-Fried. Do you remember?
1: He's the guy who did the thing. I know this. He did the thing with the investments and the company whose name I cannot remember.
0: Yes, he defrauded people for billions of dollars with his cryptocurrency exchange, FTX. Exactly. Nailed it. Uh, Now, as we know, SBF has been out on bail, remanded to house arrest. I don't know if he can be remanded to house arrest. He's in... House arrest in his parents' home in Palo Alto after posting an eye-popping $250 million bond. Now, if you'll remember, one of the squares on my bingo card is Sam Bankman Freed found guilty. What's the update? So his trial is not until October 4th, yeah but Mm -hmm. uh his bail has been revoked by his judge once again after paying 250 million dollars bond to to post bail uh he is going to prison oh does that count as being guilty He he is not guilty. I think this maybe shows the timbre with which the legal system is willing to treat Mr. Bankman Freed. So you might ask, why is someone's bail being revoked? Because they're a flight risk. No, it's even better. Oh. So you, you might also remember a name of Caroline Ellison, previous head of Alameda Research, the quantitative investment firm that was a sister company to FTX, which was shoring its books up with a bunch of FTX tokens and was pretty uh, crucial to the kind of Ponzi scheme or the the scheme that took place within FTX. Caroline Ellison, also a one-time paramour, (laughs) I guess, of uh, of Mr. Bankman-Fried. They used to date. Oh, okay. Know? I thought you meant she was in Paramore. Uh, no, not. The band. Not in Paramore. Uh, however, there's a lot of stuff in the middle that I could talk about that I don't really want to. Because the genesis of this and why his bail is being revoked is that uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF... Uh, gave the New York Times Caroline Ellison's c- personal diary that he had access to on Google Docs, which like the wow, that's the young most young millennial thing ever to have a diary on Google Docs. Uh, but he had access to her diary without her knowledge and turned it over to the New York Times. Caroline Ellison obviously is going to be a witness in the SBF trial. The judge said, this is a ridiculous fucking thing to do. You're undermining and threatening a a witness by giving their confidential diary entries to the New York times. I'm taking your bail away. Oh, witness tampering. Gotcha. Yeah. He's tampering with a witness. He's trying to make her look uncredible. His argument basically has been, but your honor, I also, in addition to this, one of the conditions of his bail was that he uh, wouldn't talk to the press or try to alter the proceedings of the trial. He's taken over 1,200 phone calls and given over 150 interviews. That's not in good faith. Uh, But the Carolyn Ellison thing really, uh, really pushed it over the edge Uh, also there's a uh, a component of wit of threatening a witness in that he is showing that he is willing to expose her confidential information to the public the new york times published a long piece with excerpts from the diaries which i get journalistic integrity you like have to do that i i guess um i don't want to get into any of it because even though carolyn ellison does have blood on her hands and i'm not I she is by no means innocent. I think a lot of people have been like really ganging up on her because it's easy to do that to a woman. Like people have been vilifying her much more than Sam Bankman-Fried who is way worse and in my mind Miss Ellison is like kind of a patsy because in the total amount of money made from FTX and Alameda combined she made 6 million whereas FTX's head of engineering made almost $600 million and SBF made $2 billion. Uh So I kind of feel for her. But fuck Sam bankman fried He's going yeah. to jail.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, you don't want to disparage, what was her name?
0: Uh, Carolyn Ellison.
1: Carolyn Ellison, because if you do, the judge will evoke your bail. Uh, yes. <laughs> if you go after Carol, Carolyn Ellison, you, your bail is revoked. We've that That is not legal precedent.
0: Yeah, and I have posted an eye-popping $250 million bail bond.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it, it, a lot of people don't realize that it, bail is sort of an agreement of, like, you're going to be on good behavior before your trial. You're, you're by no means, you know, off the hook. Um, The funny thing is, like, that I, like his bail being revoked now means he doesn't get that money back. Yeah, that's, no. That's gone money.
0: Hopefully it goes to a good cause.
1: I don't know where it goes, but it won't go to a good cause, that's for sure. But yeah, alright, so he's not guilty yet, but his his uh, his bail has been revoked, and he now he's going to jail, so that's fun. It's a fun little development in your bingo square.
0: And the reason I bring it up in relation to the bingo square, and also because it's important news, is I think that this does illustrate how... I think when I first made the bingo card, I was a little concerned about our uh, justice system's ability to prosecute white collar criminals. I think this pretty clearly shows that people are pretty fed up with him and think he's kind of a, uh, kind of a dumb guy who tries to break all the rules and doesn't respect them, which is a thing that our justice system doesn't tend to love. Yeah. So I think it it does not bode well for him. And I don't think he's, he's canny or savvy enough to be able to roll on anybody. I don't think he has like competitive intelligence that could get his sentence reduced. I think he might be sentenced to close to his, potential maximum of 115 years in prison you gotta wait until the trial happens dude he's innocent until you know proven guilty i believe the current estimate is the trial should take for anywhere between three to five weeks which legal experts are saying and that is quick yeah but you know he's gonna put up a hell of a fight (laughs) i guess he, he has not been fighting very well so far well, now um, it's, it's going to be up to his lawyers. He's going he's he's to have a hands. lot of interviews. We'll see. I'm excited for, for what happens, but I just thought I'd give everyone a, a little update. It's always nice to hear when an alleged white-collar criminal actually gets to face some jail time. It's nice to be reminded that uh, money can't get you out of literally everything. Yeah. Uh, I
1: wish it would happen more often.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, this only happened because he defrauded investors. So uh, he has a, he has taken over 500 calls with Michael Lewis, Who? the uh, author of The Big Short. So that's either going to be a real page turner <laughs> like The Big Short, or a real snooze fest like Moneyball.
1: Man, you've given me multiple avenues to segue into, but uh, yeah, I, I hope you can cross your bingo square off in October. Um, I, on the other hand, my trial-related square, it turns out, will not be crossed off anytime soon. Oh, no. Uh, well, I, I said Trump was going to be put to trial and riots ensue, but the trial has been announced for next year. So
0: that's kind of defeats the bingo square. You know, I, I'm willing to say that if riots do ensue, you can maybe still cross it off, but it's pretty unlikely.
1: Yeah. Uh, However, I do get to cross off a bingo square because uh, I feel like the entire text of this square has been proven to have happened because another airline has had a catastrophic meltdown. But, John, do you know which one it is? Uh, Which one? Yeah, that's a good question. But do you still remember what happened with another airline? Uh, southwest the bad one exactly another airline has a catastrophic meltdown but southwest is all people remember
0: that is the exact text no. of my bingo square Oh wow you really got me with that one
1: yep um multiple airlines this summer have had catastrophic meltdowns um, i think america airlines and delta both have had really bad blow-ups with you know, hundreds of flights canceled, but no one seems
0: to care like they did when it happened to Southwest at Christmas time. Yeah. I mean, I still preferentially choose Delta. I mean, I'm an Alaska boy now, but, uh, wow. Yeah. I, I didn't even know. So 100% right. Yeah. Which it. puts,
1: that puts me one square away from four corners, which we did not say we were playing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we are not playing four corners. Damn it!
1: <laughs> it's Connect Five, and that's it. I will not be crossing off a of bingo this year. But that is our bingo square updates. And speaking of bingo, well, squares, I, I could
0: still I could still get a bingo if Bob Barker dies, Elon Musk bankrupts Twitter, and the Antichrist is ascendant. Or Russia withdraws from the Ukraine. The Antichrist is ascendant. ascendant SBF found guilty, and another one.
1: I mean, yeah, we're really close. We're, we're getting there. We're both so close. Um, I, but yeah, um, I've got two
0: directions I can go. I could also get a bingo if Jimmy Carter, Henry Kissinger, Bob Barker, Ricky Gervais, and Vladimir Putin all die. Odds are high. It's been the hottest summer on record. <laughs> I mean, it's the one category that I have the most say in. Yeah. Clack, clack. Um. I'm
1: going to rephrase my previous statement. I have two directions to take this
0: episode into. <laughs>
1: oh, I see. Yes. Um, I could just read a quick headline because you mentioned the big short. I have nothing to discuss about this, but it's funny. Or, or no,
0: do, I do could do that one. Do you know what? Let's do both.
1: Okay. I, I was going to say, or I could blindside you, but um, let's do the first one first. You mentioned the big short. You mentioned Michael Lur- Lur- Luris.
0: Michael Lewis, my favorite
1: Michael Lewis, Uh, anyone familiar with The Big Short knows that it's about a a particular character, real life person named Michael Burry Yes Yeah, Michael Burry just a day ago disclosed a $1.6 billion position betting against the market
0: Nice That Um, means he's
1: predicting a a dip or a crash, right? uh, That would make sense, yeah
0: yeah, so that's not fun, right? And it's another, it's, he's, 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 do, he's doing a little short. He's doing a, you might say, a medium-sized short. A media a medium-sized short. And you said it's a position of 1.6 what? Billion. Okay, that's a big bet. That's a big, is well, is it a big short? I mean, ind- I don't know what his net worth is. Oh, I mean, come on. I mean, maybe he's got some other like one point six billion dollar bet, and he his one point six billion dollar bet against the market is a hedge. Uh, he's got eight hundred
1: and eighty six million in something
0: called spy puts. Uh, okay, SPY puts. Puts. okay. Yeah, so he's betting against the performance of the S and P five hundred. And then uh, uh, seven hundred and thirty-eight million in QQQ puts. Okay, yeah. So he's betting he's betting the market will not do well. It's the is she, she is the big short. It, he's big, big shorting. He's, um, he's, he's a short. Know. He's big in it. I don't know enough of his portfolio to know. Also, I guess the expiration date on those puts. And the the premium would be important. Yeah, that, but that's, this is yeah. nerd shit.
1: Yeah, I, I got nothing else to follow up on. I just you mentioned Michael Lewis. I just happened to come across Michael Burry doing a thing this week.
0: He's big. He's shorting bigly.
1: He's doing the big short um, two. Big short two. Uh, but who knows? Maybe
0: Unfortunately, cres- I only invest small amounts of money in companies I think t- will do well. That's why I'm the little long the little long a much more boring movie i think it would actually maybe sell a lot of copies if you made a if you made a sensible investment book called the little long which is just put small amounts of money in companies you think will do well yeah uh but you know that that is what book that is sort of the intention
1: of the the original intention of the stock market
0: i mean yeah that and then we made it about gambling yeah, then, went, then it became a gambling game. But uh, Well, yeah. it was always kind of about gambling, to be honest. Well, it was anyway. about
1: risk for sure, but it was more about, I'm going to give you money. Please return good on in my investment by doing the best you can.
0: Yeah, right. now, and now it's not like... I'm betting against to, you. I triple, want you to fail. Triple inverse leveraged ETFs based on specific personalities or world events. I'm offering an option to buy your stock for a set
1: price for a minimum amount of time. And you just have to honor that.
0: Yeah, you have to honor it, man. I
1: don't understand the stock market at fucking all.
0: You you did better than most people, honestly, in, in understanding what a call is. Yeah, yeah, I've read up on it a bunch because I, I was like, I want to do it. And then I got too scared and I just want to put my money in a bank. And I did. I put all my money in a bank. Hey, for 99.9 representative percent of people on Earth, that's probably what you should do.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I got a pretty
0: high, high interest savings account, and um, it's, it's fine. It's making options money. Options are silly. If you're an individual and you want to make big money, it's usually in small business or real estate. Just sell drugs. Just sell <laughs> drugs, man. It's You know, it's less of a gamble. You don't even need to be that good at it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Anyway, I put a $1.6 position on selling you this ketamine. Oh, I have the option of buying that ketamine at a set price for the next end of this conversation. That's right. My new book, The Big Bag of Ketamine. (laughs) I'm going to short your ketamine. Oh, no, you're going to cut Wait, it Wait, sorry. No.
1: My bad. I meant snort your
0: ketamine. Mm. The big, the big snort. snort. The big snort. A way better joke. A way better joke. I have to give it to him.
1: Yeah, you got to give it to me. Give me your ketamine. Okay. I'm going to fall down that K-hole.
0: No, you don't want to totally dissociate.
1: I'm going to dissociate so hard my body
0: won't be able to find my mind. I thought a lot about dissociating... Recently, about a specific thing, but I oh, it was about a movie. Let's keep everyone see talk to me in theaters no, I'm good now. Very scary, don't need to. Sorry, I, mm-mm. big fan of horror movies. That movie horrified the shit out of me. I'm a small baby, cannot watch. Well, how about you watch Oppenheimer? That's not scary. I watched it, it was uh, three hours. It was three hours long. It's a lot. Let's move on from Oppenheimer talk because the Zeitgeist only cares about Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Oh, man, does it ever. I got totally blindsided by that one. Uh,
1: Are you trying to talk about the blindside guy? You mean NFL retired NFL star Michael Orr? Why would I ever bring up
0: retired NFL star Michael Orr? I don't know I just feel like you want to talk about some big news item about the guy whose life was the inspiration for the blind side um I don't know how you picked up on that <laughs> I I I'm an empath
1: okay you picked up I was putting out empathetic simple simples <laughs> I was putting out empathetic simple. <laughs> What is wrong with me, John? I, I don't. I really don't know. At some point, I lost the ability to speak. I was putting on empathetic signals that uh that I wanted to talk about. Retired NFL star Michael Orr from the Blindside movie.
0: Oh, you mean the Blindside, my favorite movie that has yeah.
1: Sandra Bullock? Remember, Sandra Bullock is in it, and she personally saves a kid whose name is Michael Orr,
0: and like, uh convinces him to very, very play football non, very non problematic non white savior movie the blind side that I love. Yeah, who who would have thought there might have been a controversy behind a white savior movie? Not me. Not well me. I just hope I just hope the white saviors behind it all fixed everything. They did not, John, and here's how they
1: didn't. Um Fuck. because Michael or the retired NFL star whose life was depicted in the blind side, uh, is suing the family that the movie alleged adopted him saying that they never adopted me and they've robbed me of millions of dollars. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically what had happened was, uh, after he turned 18 in 2004, the, and I'm going to name them the best of my
0: ability, the, Tuis? <laughs> I looked at this name. It is it is vowel rich. <laughs> the two the, uh-huh. uh, the, the family coerced
1: him into signing a conservatorship document, granting them control over his business dealings.
0: Oh, my man got Britney Spears. He got Britney
1: speared through the chest. Wow. Uh, this arrangement or. And argues was manipulated by the Toeys to secure substantial profits from the movie adaptation of the story while he received nothing.
0: Mmm, that is rotten.
1: I've seen some further details that says the family and the children of the family got up to three hundred million dollars while he literally received zero dollars.
0: Yeah, I believe I was reading that um, the children of the family, Got over two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars each, which is fucking insane, <laughs> uh, very, very insane. So I do
1: have to amend a statement. Sorry, the film more earned more than three hundred million. That's where I got that 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 figure. Um, I guess the the number that we we're suing over must be smaller than that. There's no way he's going after a full three hundred million. Uh, it it has to be. That is. Uh, supremely
0: rotten behavior.
1: So in the movie, the, the, the part that really gets me is that in the movie they adopt him, right? They, they bring him into the family, but apparently that never happened in real life. He was never adopted. And instead they coerced him into a legal, like binding arrangement where he couldn't touch any of the money he was earning as a football player after they encouraged him to become a football player, like, I don't want to bring up some very charged terms. They have uh, really charged terms in American history where one party benefits from another party's labor without ever paying them. Uh-huh. But this is as close as you can get to that in modern day society.
0: That's as close as you can get to that in a in a really like back-handed media savvy way. Henry, I've got a great business idea. Okay, I'm I'm all ears. I'm going to go around to a lot of um promising poor young athletes. And I'm j- just going to ask for the total and complete rights to their life story. Yeah. And then I'm going to say I adopted them. Cheaper by the dozen style. <laughs> uh, and then they all became great. And then they'll get no money. Yeah.
1: You'll reap all the money.
0: Uh, that's horrifying. It really is. I believe it's in disgusting. Another, another thing that I was seeing, because I only... Skimmed this is uh he has real problems with the way they chose to portray his intelligence in the film because they make him look really fucking stupid yeah uh which i don't know I, i tried to watch that movie one time and that felt weird to me i was like there's no way the guy was cool with this right like this is a real guy and wouldn't want himself to be portrayed as this like big oaf uh, but apparently they were just okay with that and got a big paycheck out of it by uh, ruining this guy's life. And so, yeah, the the details
1: of the legal filing of this lawsuit, uh, I'm going to start reading it verbatim. Uh, it it says that the lie of Michael's adoption is one upon which co-conservators Lee Ann Tui and Sean Tui have enriched themselves at the expense of their ward, the undersigned Michael Ower. Michael Ower discovered this lie to his chagrin and embarrassment in February of 2023 when he learned that the co- conservatorship to which he consented on the basis that doing so would make him a member of the Tui family in fact provided him no familial relationship with the Tuis. Hmm. That's fucked up. That's, that's signing a
0: contract under false pretenses. Uh, I think uh, it looks like Sean Tui is also saying that, uh, oh my God, what is the guy's name? Michael Orr uh, or. received some kind of benefit, monetary benefit from the conservatorship as well, but there doesn't appear to be evidence of that.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but why? why the hell do the children get, any percentage of the film, I've no idea, I guess, uh, for their likeness, but like whose likeness more so is being
0: represented in the film, other than Michael or it also appears as though they negotiate a pretty aggressive 2.5 percent of, of the net proceeds of the film to go to the family, and the film has made. Over three hundred million dollars. So that's yeah. what, like, seven million dollars. I mean, so there's some there's Hollywood accounting to take an
1: account here. So who knows what the real figure is? Um, but yeah, it, it would be substantial for sure. And uh, Jesus, like,
0: come on, what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's truly, truly awful behavior. Totally unconscionable if it if that is indeed what they did.
1: Yeah, so apparently in the past, the Tuohys have denied making much money from the movie, saying they received a flat fee for the story and did not reap any of the movie's profits. And what they did earn, they added, we we shared with Oer. we divided it in five ways, the Tuohys wrote in their 2010 book, and a heartbeat sharing the power of cheerful
0: giving. Oh, um, I don't... I mean, if he's suing, I'm not sure that that's true. Also, if if what they negotiated for is accurate, they made like seven and a half million dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. If the details
1: of the legal filing are true, which I think there is a there's like a, a burden of it having needing it to be true, right? Like in order to file. Yeah, or like that—that is a claim that can be refuted in court, so that that will now be like an argumentative point in the upcoming uh, lawsuit if it goes to trial. Um, But yeah, the according to Michael Orr's side, that they made a a significant deal uh, because two, yeah, a quarter. I don't know how to do math, but two two twenty. It's it's is that a quarter of a million? It's what of three hundred million? No, well. Two, two, five with three zeros.
0: What? Two hundred and twenty five hundred thousand. Two, two, five with how many zeros? Three. Two hundred and twenty five thousand. That's what I just said. Yeah, no, you were right. Is
1: that a quarter of a million? Yeah. No. Well, Well, it's it's near. It's near, right? Because two fifty would be a quarter.
0: Almost a quarter of a million dollars. Yes.
1: So that isn't to me. That doesn't say flat fee it does not <laughs> you don't give you don't yeah or like the flat fee was in like the hundreds of millions then like that's that's you don't give your kids that much money off of a flat fee I don't think
0: I am fascinated to see how this shakes out because the blind side has never sat right with me and I'd love to be vindicated in disliking a movie by learning that some truly evil people exist in the world yeah, it just seems
1: like it, whatever went down, it seems like maybe there was n- not really a good faith to be made. You know, maybe, maybe it's like, well, we, 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 I can see the argument forming in like a narcissistic parent's head where it's like, well, we fed and clothed him. So surely he got some benefit from the conservatorship. Meanwhile, they're raking in millions of dollars.
0: Yeah, clearly he got some benefit. Anyway, we made this movie that made him look like a big dumb brute. Right, And we exactly. made millions of dollars, so it's about even. It,
1: yeah, I mean, geez. It got nominated for an Oscar. Everybody knows the blind side. It was even a joke in Arrested Development, only it was the blind side
0: monster. Uh, I don't remember that, but I am re-watching Arrested Development. Season four. Ah, I'm on season two, yeah, my season good man. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, um... Yeah, I got blindsided by
0: that news, I guess you could say. I'm to say I'm really surprised by that news in a way I totally didn't expect. Really? Mm. <laughs> mm. I just,
1: to me, these movies, and there's more than one, there's like a weird history oh, of Hollywood. Oh, there's a
0: lot of movies, yeah.
1: actually. There's a history of Hollywood saying like, oh, white uh, a movie where a white person finds out racism exists and is bad, cough, cough, green book, uh, and then it wins f- fucking best picture
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Like what's funny is like there are a lot of racist movies or movies that have racism in them but it seems like the oscars only really deigns to award the ones that are like the most racist the most egregious
1: where it's like oh like this white guy actually stood up for the, the person he was driving around. Whoa, oh, see, we're not all
0: bad. It really seems like the movies the Oscars uh, award are the one where it's like, like I, I can't help but imagine some like Oscars committee member like standing up in their palatial living room and clapping, being like, "Wow we really should give mercy to the blacks <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, because that's what it always is. Right. Yeah. It's always from the perspective of a white person giving mercy, like, or, 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 or even just empathy. Yeah, mercy or empathy is almost always the thing where they're like, oh, you mean we don't have to punish them? A revelation. Right, absolutely. Um, we don't have to punish them for being genetically inferior. <laughs> <laughs> and the, well,
1: there's also a weird, a weird effect where it's like, well, we don't have to do anything. They made that movie.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it, it totally mo- like... We made the movie. We don't have to change society. Whenever I'm feeling bad about what's happening in society, I just watch crash. It's like how, when you're putting off doing a DIY project in the home, you watch YouTube videos of people woodworking and stuff. So you get the same dopamine rush of having done something, but you don't actually have to put in the work.
1: It's a, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm sorry about racism. That sucks. But we made
0: this movie and we made a ton of money off of it. So it's fixed. I was feeling bad about racism and then I watched the blind side and I felt like I contributed to something. So honestly, that is a, what a great feeling to have. Like you don't have to worry about racism anymore. I don't don't blame these people for, for liking those movies. If they have the inability to critically think about it for two seconds.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of like a fairy tale anyway. It's like, Oh, this white affluent family takes in this, this, you know, down on his luck kid who has just this talent for football and, you know, they really just give him the resources he needs to be able to make it to the NFL and play professionally and it's feel good and we love it. And it's just like, yeah, but it's kind of a fairy tale, right? Because if that existed in the real world, Why don't we hear about it more? Why do we have to make a big old fucking movie about it? If this was
0: all you had to do to fix these problems, why do they still exist? Exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, really, it's like, oh, you gave you shared your resources with somebody in need. It's kind
0: of socialist of you. (laughs) Kind of socialist, don't you think? But hey, what's more capitalist than taking advantage of a poor person, ruining their life and selling their life out from under them to make you and your biological kids a bunch of money? That's the capitalist agenda. They take... A capitalist story, and they add
1: socialism in it to make people feel good.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of a time-tested uh, capitalist yeah. maneuver. Add a little bit of socialism to something, and people are like, oh, that seems pretty good. What a fantasy, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what if it could that this would exist? Uh, meanwhile, we're going to be taking advantage of a, an at-risk youth who, look, face it, we saved them. They were going to be on the street. Yeah, it's... uh,
0: it, We we can have a better world if we only dream and if we get adopted by the rich, rich twoies. The rich, rich twoies. My platform for president... Hold on. My okay. platform for president is everyone will be adopted by rich white people named the twoies and they'll give you Blankets. Only 0.1%
1: of the NFL players are adopted by the rich, rich Terry's. And <laughs> point, that
0: is what we are point going to change. 0.1% of the NFL gets 0.1% of the money that the white people who sold their rights make. <laughs> All
1: 100% of the NFL owners... Are rich white people adopt an at-risk teens? Wait, I, I went into oh, JFK for a second. Whoops. But it
0: is also true in that they are rich affluent people who are yeah. taking in at-risk teens and they're not paying
1: them. Enough. And that is what we are going to change.
0: Wow, is football slavery?
1: Uh, South Park has made that joke many a time. So oh, Trey Parker they... and
0: Matt Stone, those clever little whites.
1: If they can reach that conclusion, then surely the fruit is low-hanging enough for us to also draw a
0: similar conclusion. That's why I only watch golf, because I only believe in white slavery. Oh, yeah. That, there's a funny spin on that,
1: because now... Um, a top fu- spin, if you will. Uh, there's a funny That's top a spin top. on that, and a back spin. backspin. Uh, you can do backspins in golf. Sure. Yeah, the, the ball spins. Um, but yeah, because the, the, the prominent golfing league in America is now owned by Saudi Arabia.
0: Well, I don't know. Live Golf and PGA are very different things. PGA is still dominant, but a lot of people are signing. Got to tell you, man, you should watch those interviews where they talk to these very, very privileged white people about signing for like Live Golf. And they're like... How do you feel about the brutal murder and dismemberment of Jamal khashoggi and they're like, I'm just here to play golf <laughs> like uh, yeah, I just I where where, where can I get a million dollars? A lot of a lot of really <laughs> privileged white people sweating in front of microphones having to be like, I believe all humans should have rights. Well then why are you getting money?
1: Okay, we can't get into it it can over
0: get into it. And I have some news, Henry. What's up, John? We've just received a cash infusion of $500 million from Saudi Arabia and $120 million from Peter Thiel, so we need to stop this socialist, anti-Saudi Arabia, anti-dismemberment bullshit. You're right. Um, Sorry. Apologies
1: to the Tuis for previous coverage. Apologies for suggesting that sports are slavery. Um, Just apologies all around. We need to go count our endorsement
0: dollars. We do. This happens to us a lot. I believe we were um, taken hostage by China at some point. That happened. We have to change our opinions a lot. We will fold. We will tumble like a house of cards in front of any amount of money or totalitarian regime we've done it before and we'll do it again and speaking of totalitarian regimes uh if you want to reach us on x the flashing building full of sad ideologues uh you can reach us on x on twitter at i feel so weird this is my first social media read post x Again, I feel like I'm having flashbacks. I feel like we've done this before. It's not a good feeling. Uh, you can reach us on X at ZCPCWHJ on X.X. Hamster.com, which stands for Henry. That stands for Tyrese Gibbons soon's Home Depot for $1 million
1: over racial profiling. <laughs>
0: How did we not get into that? We'll get to it next week, maybe. All right. If you want to send us an email telling us your feelings on that news story so we can cover it next week, you can send us an email to zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. The email address is never getting fixed. <laughs> it's not happening. You need to get, stop asking. It's get not over it. fucking happening. We're busy. We're busy. Yeah, I get it. I pay for it. It's still not happening. If you want to find this podcast, congratulations, motherfucker. You did. If other people want to, they (laughs) can find it in a lot of other places like pod chaser, good pods, pod, damn America, Uh, Spotify and Apple podcasts, leaving us a rating and review on those platforms is a great (laughs) people, great way for people to find out about the show, but the best way for people To find out about the show is just tweet it at Elon Musk. Be like, at Elon Musk, have you listened to this podcast? They're very cool. They share your ideals. Um, They want to be friends with you, eat cupcakes with you on a bed. Shut up, Henry. I'm doing something. They're going to give us money. They're going to give us money for being close to the pig-skinned man. Uh, You should do that on Twitter. What the fuck are you talking about? You should do that on Twitter with your mouth. Because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell a series of dark web intellectuals what we got going on. And maybe one day we'll be able to sell out for a bunch of money and stop being fucking interesting.
1: Oh, I would look forward to not being interesting. But until then, I will continue to be the most interesting person in the room and from everyone here at the Zero Credits Studio, Apartment, Housing, Roofing, We Need New Roof Studios, we want to wish you a happy week.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye. Way to blow up my spot on needing a new roof. We got a, we, we got a company for you
1: to check out if you're interested. Jamie texted them to me. Alright, cool.
0: Yeah, I hope they're okay installing a roof in the dead of winter. They might be. I don't know. We... we their one sales guy was pretty cool we liked him we'll only buy it when it's as cheap as possible hell yeah tell them we sent you because we don't need a roof but our insurance company is like you need to get one they gave you the money yeah they gave us the money so we just need the roof this was fun i I think we did a lot better this week than previous weeks This is the best podcast in the last three weeks.